All right, so that gets us to this moment in Lothlorien. We've already seen a couple of things and her powers and her test, right? So let's look at this part of it. Oh, sorry. Elvish Wainwright. One small bite is enough to fill the stomach of a grown man. How many did you eat? Four. It's <laughs> great. But they're like getting a crate of kind bars or cliff bars. They get the Gore-Tex Gore -Tex camouflage codes. They are being attacked by new enemies. Gotta be careful. Seldom the walks journey in the open under the sun, yet these have done so. They get the dagger of joy. Is there a dagger of joy? I don't know. I think it's the oil of joy, but whatever. Lord of the Rings. We can have daggers of joy. They get boats. Huge gift. And look at this. This is Ephesians, right? This is 1 Corinthians 12. We're, we're getting these gifts. We're getting the armor of God. We're getting all this stuff, this blessing, equipped for our journey. Powerful moment in the story. My gift for you, Legolas, is a bow of the Galadriel, worthy of the skill of our woodland king. That's a sweet, that's a sweet gift. These are the daggers of a noble. Yeah, that's awesome. They have already seen service in war. Do not fear, young Peregrine Took. You will find your courage. Look, she's speaking prophecy into them. Powerful words. And for you, Samwise Gamgee. Courage, man. Elven rope made of heathline. It's rope, he gets dirt in the book as well, which is really cool. Nice, thanks, Sam. Look at her, she just smiles. Awesome. And what gift would a dwarf ask of the elves? That's awesome. And she is typecasted, right? Like, she is a fabulous Galadriel. Yeah, he gets three hairs. What's the gift? Yeah. This is. Galadriel bestowing honor, dignity, even love on Gimli. Some of us missed it. How did he walk into this place? We well, walked in blindfolded, cursing her out, calling her a witch. For real, calling her a witch, a sorceress, that she's going to throw a spell on everybody, can't trust her. He walks in, despising her, not trusting her, calling her these evil names. Calling her a witch, call like that's like burn the witch, like that's the kind of stuff. He's leaving what? I dare I say he's leaving in love. He's seen beauty, grace, truth, friendship, honor, dignity. I love that metaphor. What changed his mind? Was it an article on Galadriel? Did he Google her? 
Yeah, what changed his mind? He met her. It's one of my favorite things about Tolkien and Lewis. You can say whatever you want about Aslan, believe whatever you want about him, but once he licks your face, you're changed forever. <laughs> once you get to bury your face in his mane, you're done. Nothing will ever take you back. I call it the Aslan moment, right? Once he, he's scared to death of Galadriel, thinks she's an evil witch. And now he's like in love with her. Because he what? He had a personal encounter with her. What will do it for us with Jesus? Yeah, that, right? That personal encounter with the Holy Spirit, a personal encounter with Christ. You're done. The rest of your life, you're done. You're set. You just need one. He'll probably give you more than that because he loves you. You know, like, That's the beauty of it. It's relational. It's a being, right? Not a class on Jesus. Not even a book about Jesus or what Jesus said. We got to meet who? Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that would be the, the whole point of my class. Is we will have missed my whole class if it's just about more information. It, the truth is not a trust list. The truth is not a philosophy. The truth is not a bunch of Bible verses. The truth, the fullness of reality is a person, a living being, right? All right. He's like, oh. <laughs> it's a great moment. Actually, uh, that was one thing. Uh, and she gives it to him, which is so awesome. Look at him, he's just like, uh, he's, he's, just, he's smitten. He's gone. The gift you already bear. Yeah, my granddaughter. Right? And he talks about her, gives her the, the sheath and all that kind of stuff. She leans into him a little bit with some prophecy. That's good. She calls out the gold in him. Another good thing. I give you the light. And then she gives Frodo. Our most beloved star. She gives him light. That's a pretty overt metaphor. And a smooch on his furry head, which is great. So. May it be a light for you in dark places. When all other lights go out. That's a good word. Woo, all right. Lothlorien is a powerful, powerful place. We've got half an hour to finish up the quest. What are some things now that maybe you wrote down from what I was saying or that from you just watched the opening of class? Lothlorien, what are some things for metaphor options? Yeah, you get equipped. So I think right there, more equips, you know, more gifts, weapons, food, boats. Yeah. 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 Don't judge. Don't be too quick to judge. She's on our side. 
Yeah. Yeah, she's super powerful. Pretty overwhelming. She can read your thoughts like, oh my gosh. But she's good. Like she, there's tons of forgiveness, tons of grace. It's a safe, safe place. Now, Boromir doesn't like it. Less because he doesn't understand it and he's trying to grab the ring. Like, that's his own junk that he's brought into that place. It's not her. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that. I gotta turn this down. Sorry, the white light is a little too much for me. So that's another metaphor. What does she call that moment? A test. A test, right? A test. Write it down. I mean, there you go for your notes. God's gonna do what? You're gonna get tested. Like, period. You and I will be tested. Is God allowed to test us? Yeah? You, 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 you're gonna be tested. It gets to a point where we are encouraged to rejoice in the trials and the testing. It's hard to get there. But a couple things. I'm going to linger here for a minute or two. That test, what is, what's going on? Well, she is one of the most powerful people already in Middle Earth. She just got offered what? The ring, which is like the only other thing that's got that kind of power. So she's like, oh, I'm already super powerful. I already have a ring. If I grabbed that, I would be what? The most, the most powerful being in Middle Earth. Except for the fact that it's there's evil, it's evil power. But it'd be powerful, wouldn't it? But it will eventually corrupt her, and so we would have a female Sauron instead of just a ma masculine Sauron. Ah, she's like, no, we don't want the White Witch. You know, she's horrible, just as bad as you know, you know the the you know a White King would be. You know, like it's not masculine or feminine. It's just there's different kinds of. It would manifest differently. So she realizes that she's offered it freely. It's right there. She says what? No. She says no. She passes the test. You had a thought? Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it this way before necessarily, but like in the story, when someone like takes a hold of a ring, like they desire it because it's powerful. Because it's powerful. But they actually become less powerful because like they just become kind of like That's the paradox, right? That's the profound truth that Jesus is trying to set us free from, is we become slaves to righteousness. Wait, what? <laughs> I thought slaves weren't free, but you are. Like, what? And, and the irony is that if we seek this evil power, Satan actually will give us lots of power, but we'll be what? We'll be his slaves. So we'll, we'll actually lose our power. That's the paradox. Like, click, right? Yeah. I think just what you were saying about, like, her whole test thing yeah. is like a cool metaphor to like learning that it's okay to say no sometimes even to good things. Well, and, and this is evil, but yeah. even, yeah, even the good things that might be powerful that might not be good timing or the right place or the whatever. Like, there's so many more metaphors that come on that moment. For example, that little Palantir seeing stone. <coughs> the thing's a good thing. It's a good tool, but he wants to use it. He want, Pippin wants to look at it and almost dies because the enemy's got a hold of it. It's not like it's an evil thing, actually. That's one of those neutral tools. But we can say no to it, even if it's good. It's hard to do. Look at the test here. I love the concept of test. It's all over the Bible. I think of test. A lot of us misunderstand the concept of test. 
The freakiest one, I think, is Abraham and Isaac. Hey, son, let's go camping. You carry the wood. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if we retold that in the modern tale, it will be huge abuse. Hey, Eli, let's go camping over here on this hill. And I tie him up and put him, I'm going to kill him? It's crazy. Like, that story is insane. It's awkwardly insane, right? But God is testing Abraham. He's old. He's got this one only son. Is he willing to sacrifice it? That makes more sense because sacrifice is part of their culture, so we can make it work. Was God up there like, I, ooh, do you think, Abraham, do you think he'll do it or not? What, was God up there wondering? No. See, no. The test is not for God. I give you guys a test. I don't know if you know it or not. I'll find out. When God tests you, he already what? He already knows it. So who's the test for? Us. 100% for who? For you and the people around you. Guess who realizes he really believes in Yahweh? <laughs> Abraham. He's like, wow, I really do believe. I was going to kill my kid. And guess who else knows that dad believes? Yeah, Isaac's like, dude, you really believe that voice in your head? You were going to kill me. He's like, yeah, I really believe it. He's like, okay. Like, that's the legacy of faith. You know what's interesting? Was God up there like, okay, why don't you, Job, go for Job. Oh, man, I don't know if he's going to, like, pass the test. What do you know about Job? He knew Job was going to be fine. Who learned? Satan learns. And Job, Job is like, wow, I still trust God. And he killed my kids. And made me, he made me sick. Well, he let Satan make me sick. Okay, yeah, either way. And I still trust him? Cool, all right. Yeah. This is like a weird kind of question, but like, I don't know, we don't really talk about Satan that much. For obvious reasons. Yeah, fair like, enough. And like, do you think he has like some knowledge <coughs> Uh, anybody? I'm not. I'm not a ton on that. Yeah. Like we know that he is not. Like, <coughs> he's not omniscient. He's, he's not, not omniscient. Or anything like that. But I think that like we know a lot about the future from the Bible yeah. and like prophecy that has like yet to be fulfilled. But like the whole book of Revelation. Is, yeah, it's like, already written. About so I imagine like if we can read it, he can read it too. What's the problem with him? Like he's read Revelation. He knows he's gonna lose. So what's he doing? Yeah, exactly. And I have to be careful. I don't want to dishonor him and call him stupid, but... <laughs> like, it's like... Well, but I think the irony is, like, he's lied to himself. He believes his own lies. He thinks that he could still win somehow. He believes that all the time. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the evidence comes in. Yeah. Okay, this is, this is just another question about Satan. Like, what form is he in right now? Or do you not know? Because, like, obviously... He's got to have some type of angelic form on yeah. some level. But he's a really powerful angel. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't like, know. Obviously, he's not the little devil with red horns. But I mean, I don't think so. That'd be a little silly. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah. He's probably, like, actually really beautiful. Well, that most people call him gorgeous. Lucifer means light. So. I mean, there's a lot of Old Testament things, though, where they're, like, saying they saw, like, 
I think so. Yeah, he, he's a liar. He puts on masks and disguises. I just don't even want to know. Right? Yeah, I don't need to know. Like he is like a master deceiver. Yeah. And usually the things that like tempt us and deceive us look really good. Yeah. So like like the I ring. I imagine that if it follows that kind of nature, that like he would. Yeah. Look pretty good. <laughs> well, I think it's funny. Like for most of you, if Satan's gonna get you, he's gonna be like, hey. Want to do crack cocaine? Here you go. Come on, huh? He's to be, be an idiot to come up to Smook and be like, hey, try crack. You're like, get out of my face, right? He's going to have to be sneaky, isn't he? Right? So that's where we got to take the wisdom. He's, he knows he's going to have to disguise himself or twist things or be enticing. And that's how he tries to get us. He tried to get it with Jesus and it didn't work there either. All right, let's keep going, though. The concept of test Satan tempts us, steals, destroys, and tries to ruin us. God will do what? Test us for what, though? Us. For us. Gandalf gets tested with a Balrog. How's he do? He kills it. Awesome. He dies in the process, but comes back. He kills a Balrog. So I'm picturing Gandalf after his test with an orc coming at him. Yeah, he's like, I, I just killed a Balrog. Like, whatever. He just, you know. Like, there's something about these tests that when we pass them, we're like, oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> I just passed that. I didn't know I could do that. Awesome. And then when we don't pass the test, what do we realize? Guess I'm not that courageous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got to work on that. You know, like, it's interesting. God will allow us to be tested because when we don't pass the test, we learn what? Something about ourselves that he already knew. But he wants us to learn. Are, are we tracking with some of this? So you will be tested. Maybe even next week, the answers to your final exam are sitting there. You going to pass the test? I mean, that's powerful, isn't it? There's going to be $500 cash in the register at the end of the day. You're closing up shop. It's extra. No one would know. And you take it. And you just, you're getting tested, though. And you have to decide, how you, who, who are you in that moment? It's a test, right? I mean, we're covered by grace. None of it's con You're not going to be condemned. If you lose, fail the test, you won't be condemned. You're just going to learn about yourself. Do you have integrity or not? Oh, I guess not. Okay. You know, like the test reveals information to us about ourselves. There'll probably be, you know, there could be someone undressing in front of you in college offering you sex. Joseph Shuffle, run away. <laughs> or just run, run with it, right? Like you, you and I will find out through the tests where we are. And what Jesus wants you to learn is that you are super powerful, way more powerful than you think. And so a test allows you to learn that as well. Keep going. Other things, other things from uh, Lothlorien. Yeah. Um, I think that like this is another place where we could kind of see it as like a heaven-like place. Yeah, but it's definitely. Not, again, like it's not perfect because you, like the ring could enter and we know that like, the hearts of the people that like, 
came, like, like the lab girl still, like, felt tempted. Yeah. And that one guy who, like, really wants to steal the ring. Yeah, Boromir. And started as well. So it's like, evil can go there, but it can't, like, stay, but it's still not perfect. But it's nice to have these super, really great safe places, isn't yeah. it? We've got to have these. I'm glad they exist. There are some on Earth. They're rare, but they're still around. You can find a really great, awesome <coughs> church somewhere, or a family, or a school. There's, there's these places exist. They're just they're not incorruptible, right? Um, Mirror of Galadriel. Some prophetic moments. S Frodo looks the eye in the eye. What does he realize? This thing's bad. I gotta destroy this ring. He kind of re-ups. His motivation. Sam sees the friar get the friar. Sorry, Sam sees Sam sees the Shire getting fried. That's what I was trying to say. It, but it's getting torched, and they're all being turned to slaves. And he's like, Rosie Cotton, oh no, like no chubby baby hobbits, ah, right. And, but what does Sam realize? Oh, yeah, we gotta do this, Mr. Frodo. They're gonna destroy Hobbiton. Like Frodo's like, yeah, I know. We gotta do it. Like there's a Sometimes on our journeys, we need that re-motivation. We need re-upped on our motivation. We got enough for Lothlorien? Okay, good, good. Uh, anybody thinking of one? I think for some of you, I would break it down. Maybe a place of testing in your life where you've been tested. I've been tested a lot this year. Uh, Maybe it would be a place of prophecy and, and a powerful place of people speaking truth into your life or calling you on your quest or gifting you for the journey. And so you're learning more about who you are. So I think there's that. Um, it could even be as simple as someone buying you a car for the journey. Like they get both. That really helps. You know, like, so there's a lot of layers. It could be super spiritual. It could be super practical and physical, like getting a rain jacket and cliff bars, you know, like. There's a lot of different ways you could take that. Um, yeah. Two questions. Um, or, shoot, I forgot where it laid. Oh, does Sam see through the, like, glass, water, whatever it is, before Galadriel's tent or after? Before. Okay, and then, or could a Lothlorien be a place where, like, you feel really safe, but you're also challenged? Yeah, I think that would be a great connection. It's like, I feel really safe, but this professor is really calling me out. Or I'm at a conference or a retreat. Really safe, really inspiring, and man, I just got my butt kicked. <laughs> I better get in gear here. I think that's a great connection. And that we would call it, the Bible calls that kind of thing prophecy, where someone calls the gold out in you and says, hey, you're a prince, you know, you're a princess. Let's start acting like one. Let's go for the team. Like, that's what prophecy is, is it's calling you up. It's admonishing you. It's encouraging you. Right? It's using the word of God to inspire you on your journey. Yeah? All right. Ready? So they come out of... Let's do the map. We'll finish it up here. They come out of uh, the mines of Moria. They end up by that little lake thing. They go down the Celebrant and the Lorien. Plant yourself in those trees for a little while. And then they come out onto what's called the Great River. See that? The Great River. And they're in boats. So they go down the river past North Undeep. Really shallow. Yeah. Uh, whatever. South Undeep. And then they end up right here between these little wedges of mountains at the top of that lake. And they go off on the western edge of that lake. There's the waterfall right there. Help each other find that. But that's it. Like, 
The ending of the Fellowship of the Ring. We're done wait, with our where, little line. Wait, where is it? Where the end at? The Falls of Raras. Don't go over the Falls of Raras. You'll end up, you know, it's not cool. It's like going over Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, this will be up here all week. So, yeah, you're fine. Right. So let's just look at this real quick on screen. We look at a few things, and they're, they're cruising down the river. Right? I call this smooth sailing for the metaphor. They make tons of great time. They are, the enemy is hunting them down. There's the white hand of Sauron on these Orakai orcs. There's a new type of enemy that's coming. It can run in the daytime. All right. But can they catch him? So first off, look how far they go in a short period of time. They're in boats compared to where they've traveled. So metaphor, I, I call this like smooth sailing. We're cruising. I kind of hope it was your senior year of high school. Maybe not. But at some point in your life, you got some good accountability. You're inspired. You've got direction. You know where you're going. You got equipment. You got supplies. The orcs can't catch you. Gollum can't catch you. Legolas shoots a ring wraith out of the sky in the dark with his new bow and arrow. Woot woot. You know, like, we're doing all right. Yeah, the undoing. Now, I did not have to put that metaphor in there, but I think it's important. Like, we're doing okay. There's seasons in life where we make some good time. We're growing spiritually. Our friendships are going well. Our family's doing well. Like Things are going well. I've got a few good years of, of work under my belt or a good year of college. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah? Yeah, the Anduin. We've also got another metaphor here. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And Mordor just takes forever. Another metaphor here I wanted us to see. Big high five to the Argonath. Long have I desired to look upon the kings of old. My king. Now, when Aragorn crosses this boundary, where is he entering? His domain. Right, this is Gondor. He's looking at his grandparents here. Those statues are his relatives. Whoa, that's cool. Big identity Don't go over the falls. <laughs> That's not good. And we'll get here. They end up pulling off to the side. They're debating a few things. Boromir tries to take the ring. And then, actually, in the, in the two towers, Boromir has to deal with this whole orc battle. We'll watch that on block day. Yeah, in the second movie. But the, this movie ends with Frodo and Sam... Yeah, they're like a half an hour credits. But they end with Frodo and Sam. The, the Fellowship of the Rings ends, ends with Frodo and Sam doing what? Like the last line is, Land of Shadow. They're heading down right close into the Land of Shadow. So they, they end up over here heading into 
these razor sharp rocks of MMU wheels. That's the end. We're done. Yeah. Now, a couple things. Let's let's finish this up on the Anduin. I think we've got some identity stuff with Aragorn. For some of you, at some point, you gotta own it. Like, who are you? Jesus is your older bro, right? Like, you're prince in the kingdom of God. Like, okay, wait a second. This is that rites of passage. I mean, you don't have to make it a spiritual one. On some level, like, you're your own person. It's right around now in our culture. Like, bye-bye, you're leaving home. Does that make sense? It's your life. And this is where Aragorn, he, in the movie they make him reluctant, but he's been out and about protecting his kingdom, doing his thing, keeping an eye on the ring, and now he's like, okay, I'm back, I got my sword, I'm heading to my castle, I'm the king. That's a cool moment. Like, that's a good moment. I call that ide an identity moment, a big identity moment. He knows who he is, he's back, he's on his turf, he's, a, he's on a mission. Yeah? Do we have enough for the Anduin? Let's do a quick mini lesson, a two-minute mini lesson, and then we'll just wrap it up with uh, Breaking of the Fellowship, which we'll do all Thursday as well. But Ready? Make an emotional sound to go along with this spot, and let's see what Tolkien is teaching us about journey. Ready? Hobbiton. Yeah, I got it. Like, yay. Come on, Hobbiton. Yay. You do boo or yay? Yay. How about how's a Crick Hollow? Yay. Old Man Willow? Boo. Bombadil? Yay! Arrow down. Bree? Boo yay! Like boo yeah! I don't know, alright. Uh, Weathertop? Boo! Last Bridge? Boo! Yay! Ford? Yay! Rivendell? Yay! Caradras? Moria? Uh, Gandalf goes down with a bow. Uh, Lorien? Yay! Anduin? Yay! Bring you the fellowship. Uh, and what is Tolkien teaching us? Yay! <laughs> up and down. Yeah, right up and down. And actually, you guys, you're 17 or 18, have you already noticed that? Yeah, we're on journeys. Here's the most complex thing about this concept of journey for you guys. Look around the room. Someone could be in the mines of Moria fighting a Balrog, and you're sitting next to them while they're partying at the Shire. You know, like someone's in Lothlorien, and you're getting stabbed on Weathertop this morning. Like that is super complex, isn't it? That might, if you wanted to take home lesson, that's a really, really practical one for you as you journey through college. Is remembering that what. We're all at very different places on the journey. Why do you think Jesus just says, how about this? Why don't you guys just love each other? <laughs> like, all you got to do is love each other on this journey and help each other safely with dignity and honor make progress on the journey. Yeah? I like that. That's a two-minute lesson in the middle of this, but it might be one of the ones that lasts for your life if you can take it with you. It's a good little lesson. All right. Last one, few minutes, just bark them out. What happens with the breaking of the fellowship? It's messy. It's messy. Like, it's kind of a bummer to end on this one. Trust is broken. But, yeah, trust is broken by who? That guy whose name Boromir, is Boromir. 
Now, I think it's really interesting. Let me give it to you like this. We fought off orcs, ring race, balrogs, all these enemies that are on the outside of the fellowship, and now what happens? Yeah, it's within, right? This is when one of the members, is Boromir an enemy? No, but he what? He acts like one. Shoot, this is when your youth pastor really screws up, right? And hurts somebody in the youth group. This is when a pastor has an affair with someone in the congregation. You're like, but you're like you're you're the pastor. This is your friend group. You've been friends since kindergarten. And what does someone do? Senior year. No, oh, shoot, like betrayal, trust is broken. So does this happen on our journey? To me, actually, the saddest thing is what happens to Boromir. He's dead. He's off the journey. He gets taken off of it. Now, is he an enemy? He acts like one, so he gets treated like one in some respects, and the enemy ends up conquering him. To me, the saddest part, I'll mention this on Thursday, the saddest part about that, Boromir was born to fight. He would have loved Helm's Deep. Right? Or how about that last big battle for the big white castle? Imagine if he was standing next to Aragorn. Like, he would have what? Loved it. Loved it. Like, that's what he was made for. And he what? Do it all away. Missed it because of a dumb decision and believing a lie. He's kind of like Moses. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, very nice connection. Thank you. Moses, like, stupid rock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Now, the beauty of it is. Did Boromir really miss it? Well, yes, but he just went to heaven. Did Moses really miss the promised land? No, he went straight to the promised land. But it's like he got taken out. It's like Ananias and Sapphira. What? Are you kidding me? Oh, you're out of the game. You know, like, what are you doing? Right? Like, they, and they just miss out on the early church. You miss out on the knocking on, you know, Sauron's gate. Yeah, what else? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so if you took notes in class and you followed that red line, you are 50 of 50 points out of 50 for your final already done. Now you got a week to fill out yours, and then you're done. Yeah, so you do your, yeah, I'll explain that more on Thursday, but yeah, so now what you're doing is trying to find these connections in your own life, and then you'll put them in your order because it's usually different. Yeah, that's it. Not making it hard. I don't want to be too. They're all on Academy Central and all my classes. It's just that you'll see it. Tate Fritz's notes on the other But real quick, real quick, before the bell rings, one last thought here. Frodo tries to go alone. No, right? Yeah, dumb. Like, don't go. Will Tolkien let him go alone? No, you're not made to go alone. Don't go alone. If you're a Sam, then find a Frodo. If you're a Frodo, then find a Sam. We are not meant to be alone. Jesus sends the disciples out in pairs. And there's other metaphors that we'll make with the breaking of the fellowship. I think those are the two bigger ones, right? How about this, though? The disciples all scatter after three years with Jesus, and we're good. Yeah. The what? Oh, don't worry about that. Like, seriously, don't worry about it at all. Sam Berkwith, Ethan Oakley, and Zach Shaw. 
I'll explain it to you. 